Hey guys, welcome back to the FFP. It's time for another start sit video. Now this is our week two start sit part two. We wanted to break this into two halves and simply because it gave us more time to do more research and a better job. So honestly, and we, we kind of talked about this, I feel better about my research for this week coming into giving you guys information than I have felt about any of our start sit videos. That's really nice. And it also, helps the YouTube algorithm just to post two videos. So that's always really great and spread things out a bit more. And this is the second half of the videos, meaning we'll be doing the evening games and the you know afternoon games or whatever um, from Sunday plus the Monday night game. But uh, as always, there is a comment section down below if you have any questions for very specific starts at whatever your roster may be. Um, that also extends to waiver wire or trade or any questions that you might have. I'll try to answer all of them if I can. In fact, believe I'm caught up on our last couple videos. Uh, finally, there will be timestamps in the description down below. And if you are listening to this on podcast, again, just hop over to our YouTube and check it out there because fortunately podcast sites don't really have a comment section, but uh, I don't really have anything else to add unless you do, we can get to the first game. Uh, the only thing I want to add to that is oh, we look at starts at videos, we want to look at trends. And I think that in the NFL, one thing that's changed in the last, I don't know, maybe uh, you know, 10, 20 years is that it used to take teams maybe two, three years to really change, to rebuild. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've seen a lot of teams that within uh, one year can totally shift. I think about the Rams when the new coach took over, McVay. They were last in the NFL in points scored the very next year, ended up first in the NFL. And so things mm-hmm. can change quickly. So, yeah, we do look back at last year. But I really think right now, um, at the beginning of this year, it takes about two, three weeks to really understand trends. Don't overthink it early on. Sometimes you just got to go with the big names and roll with it. But we'll get into this video and we'll talk about that some more. Well, it's funny you should say that. Uh, I was hanging out with some people the other day, last night, and somebody said to me, what's your opinion on this? And you know what I said to him? I said, I don't really know. I think we need to wait a week and see what yeah. his usage is going to be like. And he said to me, like, aren't you the fantasy football guy? And I'm like, yeah, which is why I'm honest enough to admit I don't know. Like, we just, some things we can't predict. Yeah, the one thing we said, you got to check your emotions at the door if you want to be good at fantasy football. And that includes not reacting. Mm-hmm. Uh, people react, overreact. You know, sometimes you just got to take a deep breath, relax, begin to look at things. And, you know, in a week or two, things will really start to make sense. But let's get into some actual things. I was going to say, take a deep breath and don't trade away Saquon this early. Yes. <laughs> but let's get into our first game. So I've got the Cardinals versus the Vikings. Uh, I'm a Vikings fan, as you know. If you follow us, I'm sure they'll fall to own two this week. Hope I'm wrong. Probably not. Uh, start with the quarterback. So let's start with Kyler Murray. Uh, one, he's really talented. This guy's a stud. And he's facing a Vikings defense. That's your, not your prototypical Mike Zimmer defense. His defense is not good. Uh, just like I said a second ago, don't overthink it. Just start this guy, okay? Don't try to get cute, okay? Now we'll look at Kirk Cousins. Now last week, Ryan Tannehill versus him, he struggled against the Cards. And if you actually study it, what happened is the Titans really underutilized play action. The year before, their play action, they ran about 35% of the time. And then the last game was only about 11%. Uh, Play action protects a quarterback. If you can establish a run and play action, it'll buy you a second or two and protect that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The Vikings offensive line is not great by any stretch. So they're going to need to establish Delvin Cook. Otherwise, that pass rush is going to cause a lot of issues for Kirk Cousins. I mean, but Jones had five sacks last week. I mean, you know, uh, he could repeat that if uh, things don't drastically turn around for the Vikings if they don't establish the run there. So I'm a little worried for Kirk Cousins. I'm a little worried about that pass rush. But I will say this. They're going to be playing from behind, the Vikings most likely. Mm-hmm. And if you can handle it, if you have a, if you have a strong stomach and if you're thick-skinned, um, if you can handle Kirk Cousins throwing picks, interceptions, often entering the halftime uh, looking miserable, and with the majority of his stats coming late in the second half playing catch-up, 
And I'll tell you what, he's a guy that actually will be a good volume player this year. He really will. Um, this is not football. We're talking fantasy football. I don't care uh, what kind of football player you are. I just care about what yeah. stats and numbers you give me. So here's what I say about Kirk Cousins. Uh, you could start in larger leagues or two quarterback leagues. He has great weapons, Jefferson, Thielen, Cook. Um, that keeps him fantasy relevant in this one. I still would say he's outside the top 12. But don't overlook this guy as far as a fantasy play goes. He would be decent in this game. As far as running backs go, I'll talk about Chase Edmonds and James Conner. Um, one thing to lose goal line carries to Kyler Murray. Obviously, he's going to get a lot of goal line carries. We see that very athletic and whatnot. You have great wide receivers. And to make matters worse, this is going to be a running back by committee. If they had the same amount of touches in game one. I don't think that's changing drastically. I don't. I think that's going to be the plan moving forward, that those guys are going to change because both backs are quality backs. Now, some would argue that Edmonds was more effective. Yes, you could say he probably was as far as his efficiency goes. But James looked fine also. And he actually had more carries. So until one of those backs separates themselves from the other, one gets hurt, that's a scary situation. And I would actually try to avoid both. I think it's good to roster these guys. Mm-hmm. But if you can, try not to start them. So here's where I fall with that. I look at those uh, running backs, and I would say they fall into what I call running back three or flex status. Now, the one positive this week is I expect that they're going to beat the Vikings, mm-hmm. and they should be playing from a, a lead, which means that the Cardinals will have an opportunity to get the ball in the hands of the running backs quite often. They'll get more touches this week. I would sit them if you're in a 12-team league or smaller. Um, start if you don't have better options. But I'd like to take one more week to monitor just see how it's going to break down. If you had to play a guy right now, I'd say probably Chase Edmonds is your safer play, especially in PPR leagues. Let's talk about Delvin Cook. Um, guy's a stud. And his ability in the passing game, they keep him matchup proof. doesn't matter if they fall behind. doesn't matter who's playing. Delvin Cook is a guy that you're going to start every week. Regardless, don't hesitate. Just start Delvin Cook. Then look at Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. You know, it's really not a stretch to expect. Those guys could easily go out this year, and I don't think it's a stretch. You can tell me what you think in a bit. For them to go out and both have 1,000 yards this year and double-digit touchdowns. No, that's not a stretch at all. It's the perfect situation. You got two. They're, they're great wide receivers for yeah. one, so there's no reason they couldn't do it already. Uh, but that defense is horrible, so that only helps. Yeah, great combination there. So both these guys are what I call wide receiver two. You got to start them. They're good high-end plays. Then you got Osborne, that uh, guy last week. They're pretty good for the Vikings second-year wide receiver there. He looked good. But one, it was one week, and he's the team's number three wide receiver. Ben Stash, sure, if you want to stash him on your bench, great. Don't start him yet. Just don't do that. There's just uh, too many question marks out there. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know. What do you think we should do with DeAndre Hopkins? Um, honestly, you should trade him to my team because that <laughs> for, for my defense, that's what you should do. Yeah. So uh, start the guy, and if you need me to tell you to start him, you probably want to pick a different sport to play other than fantasy football. So say you should just did, quit. Did I just call fantasy football a sport? It's a sport. Is it a sport? I find it exhausting. Some first old guys that can't play sports anymore. So, anyway, start DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk, he had another great matchup. He did well last week. And you got to love the matchup he has against the Vikings. Now, if you look at, they made rookie wide receiver Chase, who, by the way, struggled in the preseason, look like Jerry Rice. They made him look great. And that Vikings defense last year gave up 29.7 points per game. And they don't look like they improved much. They struggled against a rebuilding Bengals team. And so I would, call, I would start Kirk as what I would say, a wide receiver three or flex play this week. As far as Green and Moore goes, the other wide receivers for them, I would sit them at this point. I would sit both tight ends from these teams. I would start Prater, and Joseph is actually also fine starting as a kicker there. Obviously, Prater is a stronger play, but Joseph is adequate if you need him as a kicker. And I would sit the Vikings defense and start the Cardinals defense in this one. Awesome breakdown, Rob. One thing I'll just add to that, um, after watching what they did to the Titans last week as a Vikings fan, I don't think I'm going to watch. <laughs> I'll, uh, I guess we'll get a little extra research in on our waiver wire because I don't think I have the heart to look at that. But uh, let's move on to our next game. 
All right, so next up, I want to break down the Falcons are going to be playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. And let's go with the Bucs first off. I mean, week one, that offense was in tip top shape. They looked phenomenal. How do you not start Tom Brady? I mean, one, he was great last week, 397 yards and four TDs, but he's going against a team that just gave up 300 plus yards and three TDs to Jalen Hurts and an offense led by two wide receivers. It was just a mess. So that's a must start for me. Uh, Going to the running backs, Leonard Fournette last week took the majority of the touches and kind of made it clear that he seems to be their lead back. However, he wasn't productive, just 3.6 yards per carry and only 32 total rushing yards. That being said, it should be noted that he caught five balls for 27 yards. That was the best amongst running backs, even above Giovanni Bernard, who I think a lot expected to take that rollover. That is good news, but I wouldn't start Fournette this week. I think we need to see a few weeks until they can get that ground game going a little bit more. Moving on to the wide receivers, man, so much talent here. The clear number one, though, has got to be Chris Godwin. He saw 14 targets, nine catches, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. Tom Brady continually looked his way, especially when it counted. So I would keep that in mind. You know, if last week is any indicator, which it's one week, and it doesn't mean everything, he is a safe start as a wide receiver one. Uh, Next up, I would probably say Antonio Brown seems to be the wide receiver too there, and I think he's a good start this week as well. He had five catches for over 120 yards in a TD. Not much to say there. Certainly, this week is not going to be as much of a shootout as last week was, but it's also a great matchup, so I think they're going to be fine, even if they have to settle for first half points. Um, Mike Evans had a bit of an off week last week. What do you say about him? It's a tricky situation. He caught... Three catches, or he had three catches of his six targets for just 24 yards. Now, I think he's going to bounce back from that. That's not going to be every week for Mike Evans, but you do have to begin to wonder, and it was just one game. Don't overreact, you know. Start to watch the next couple of weeks. Is that going to be his role? Is he going to be relegated to the wide receiver three? That is possible. I don't necessarily think, again, that that's going to be his every week for him. Um, but what do you think about that, Rob? I'd love to pass it over to you if you have any opinion to add to that. You know, I think it's going to be matchup-based. Uh, I think that he's having another good year. You know, to me, the biggest one I worry about this week anyways, as far as the three wide receivers go, is a blowout. Mm-hmm. Um, I think by second half, that might be a game where they're up by 21 and they don't need to push the ball downfield. Uh, but I do think that he's a guy that's very talented. He's phenomenal. I think it's going to be matchup-based. Tom Brady is not going to force it, so he's going to take whatever the defense gives him. Yeah. And that might vary from week to week. Like, who... Pick your poison if you're the defensive coordinator going against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Like, if you're the defensive coordinator against Tampa Bay, I think you prep for the week after and you just <laughs> wave the white flag. But uh, arguably the most impressive guy is a absolute must start in Rob Gronkowski. Not only did he have eight targets, which is a pretty good amount of targets, especially for a tight end, he caught all eight of them for 90 yards and two touchdowns. And he could not be stopped. I mean, let's be honest. Last year, there was a few weeks. He kind of got the rust off. But think about it. He's got four receiving touchdowns in his last two games. Now, one of those games was the Super Bowl. But uh, moving on, the kicker there, Ryan Suckup, I think he is a must start. And so is the Bucks defense going up against the Falcons. Should be a very good week for them. They'll get up early. The Falcons will get one-dimensional, probably get lots of sacks and lots of picks. So that is a great matchup for them as well. Flipping sides, though, Matt Ryan... Uh, You can't play this guy. You just can't. He had just 164 yards and zero scores last week. In fact, he couldn't even lead the Falcons into the red zone one time. Zero red zone trips. That is horrendous. So big pass on Matt Ryan this week. Mike Davis, on the other hand, 
You got to play him, I think, in most leagues as a mid to low end RB2 or flex play. Sure, he wasn't great, but I would expect one, they're going to at least slightly turn things around, right? I mean, they're going to make some adjustments and hopefully get slightly better. He also had 21 touches. Like, there's just not a lot of running backs out there who are the clear RB1 and will see 20 plus touches in a game. Am I right? It's not pretty. It's not great. But the volume is there. Uh, Moving on to the wide receivers, Calvin Ridley. Tampa Bay gave the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers last week, and Calvin Ridley had five catches for 51 yards. Certainly wasn't the most impressive situation, but very similar to Mike Davis. He's a volume play in a good matchup. You definitely got to put him out there. Now, the wide receiver two for the Falcons was supposed to be Russell Gage. He had zero catches. Both of his targets couldn't pull him in, and he looked awful. Uh, I think he'll turn things around. I think he'll have some good weeks this year, but don't put him in your lineup. It's okay if he's on your roster. You don't necessarily need to drop him yet unless you see talent out there you love, but definitely don't start him. That was a bad week. As far as their tight end Kyle Pitts goes, yeah, you got to play Kyle Pitts. Eight targets in his NFL debut is pretty high, especially for a tight end. It's not uncommon for rookie tight ends to only see two or three or four targets, especially in their first season. Only took it four catches for 31 yards, but again, that's his first game. They really struggled, and I think they did a good job with their secondary in matching him up. Normally, tight ends are supposed to be mismatches. They seem to handle him just fine. Finally, the Bucks gave up the 11th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends, but the opposing tight ends they faced were Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin last week, who combined for nine catches on 10 targets and 65 yards. They clearly are very bad against tight ends. Young Hoku is a fantastic kicker on a bad offense, so he kind of averages out to be just a meh, okay start, and I would definitely sit the Falcons' defense this week. Yeah, you're talking about the running back situation for the Buccaneers. Uh, the coach came out today, and he did say that in spite of his play, that Ronald Jones is still the starter. Okay. Uh, so what does that even mean at this point? It kind of goes back to what you said. Clearly, the better guy was Fournette there, but maybe you need to be careful there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I hate the running back by committee at this point. I, I never want a guy to get hurt, but that's really what you need at this point. Mm. Well, and part of the reason he probably got more time on the field and more carries, more touches total, was he was the most effective pass catching back, and they needed it in that bit of a shootout game. So... Maybe this is the, the prove-it week where we see what happens when they're ahead. Who do they give the rock to then? But uh, I guess we'll see. There's still a few weeks to learn and pick up some, some kind of lessons before we're in the heart of the season. Um, but as always, let's continue on to our next game. So i got the Cowboys versus the Chargers there. Let's talk about Dak Prescott. You know, forget the Chargers' defense. Are they good or they're not good? Yeah, start Dak Prescott. Uh, I'm going to have fun watching him this year with those weapons he has. Honestly, I hope he stays healthy all year. I'm excited to see what he can do there. Let's look at Justin Herbert. Now, the Cowboys, you know, the Cowboys defense last year uh, was bad. They, and then last week, they go out and Tom Brady, the ageless one, exposed them. And so I, I don't think that defense has gotten a lot better at this point. So and I look at Justin. He's a guy that you're going to start this week. And he lands, based on your scoring system, in about the quarterback 9-12 range. Mm-hmm. So Justin Herbert's a good play against Dallas there. I would start both quarterbacks. As far as running backs go there, I start with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, don't panic yet. Okay? Yeah. Just don't panic yet. Um, but yes, if you're being honest, you go back to last year and even last game, he doesn't look quite as explosive. Um, so what you need to do is monitor that situation, but he's still the lead back there, and he's still an RB1. He's just a low-end RB1 at this point. You still have to consider him, and I would still play him. How can you sit him, and who's got a better running back to play in his place? Well, I'd say, you know what? You, ha- you hate to root for injuries, but if you own Zeke, pick up Tony Pollard and cross your fingers. Yeah. 
And that could be my next advice. You should handcuff Tony Pollard at this point, but you can't start him. You got to sit him until his role expands more or until Elliott gets hurt, like you said. So I would sit him. Austin Eckler, um, a touchdown saved his week last week. Now, as long as he's healthy, he's a guy that you got to start. He's a must start. Now, you know what surprised me last week about Austin Eckler? What was that? Not one target. Wow. I mean, that's insanity because, um, but I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. How can him not getting targets a good thing? They're going to target this guy. Come on, let's be real. They're going to get him targets. He's going to get catches. So don't worry. He'll get his targets there. And that's his strength. And so for me, I look at Austin Eckler. He's a, a running back two, um, high end in standard leagues. Um, he's a low end running back one in PPR leagues. Don't worry about the targets will come, the catches will come, but go ahead and play him. And then Keenan Allen. A uh, great matchup. Start him as a high-end wide receiver one. In fact, he could easily lead all wide receivers in fantasy scoring this week. Uh, watch and see. He could really have a huge week there. Now, Mike Williams. He's had a 1,000-yard season. He's had double-digit season of touchdowns. But he's never had it in the same season. This could be that one where he brings it all together. I think he's got a lot of things working for him. He's still fairly young. He's got upside. A young quarterback that's getting better. And then he's got Keenan Allen that gets a lot of attention. And this is a great matchup for him. So I would start him as a low-end wide receiver two or a high-end wide receiver three in that matchup. Yeah. What certainly benefits him is their wide receiver threes, that rookie Joshua Palmer. He's had dropping issues. Like, they don't have a number three to rely on. That is going to force them to throw it his way. In years past, they've had, like, Dontrell Inman and tons of other threes or Tyrell Williams that they kind of like to, to give the ball to. Yeah, I, I see a high-scoring game here. This is a game that at the end could be uh, 31 to 28, something like that. So I think there's going to be a lot of points scored there. Um, Jared Cook tight end there for them. I would start him. I think he's a solid play. Maybe not great, but definitely a safe play. Now, let's look at the tight ends for the Dallas Cowboys. Many people like Jarwin. Um, if you had to pick one, I'd lean on Schultz at this point, but both carry risk. So I'd sit them uh, one more week until we can really see what their usage is going to be. That's where I land with that. As far as kickers go, uh, Greg Zerline missed two field goals. I actually have him in both leagues. And uh, disappointing to see him miss those field goals, but I tell you what, he's in a great offense. That's how I pick my kickers. Um, yeah. You know, um, Except for Justin Tucker, that dude is like, He's ice in his veins. Well, he's the greatest kicker of all time. He, he really is. And that's Bill Belichick that said that. Yeah. And that, that's huge. So, um, But he plays in a great offense. I love Zerline. He's getting a lot of opportunities. Don't worry about the two missed kicks. He'll be fine. Um, start Tristan Vizcayano, the kicker for the Chargers there. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. So start that guy there. I would sit both defenses. Yeah, the Chargers did well last week against Washington. But you know what? Uh, Tyler Heineke or Dak Prescott. Okay, just sit both defenses and you'll be all right. Yeah. All right, now uh, we we got to break down the Titans versus the Seahawks this week. First, I want to look at the Seahawks. Funny, I remember heading into this season just a couple, couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, there was a lot of questions about that Seahawks offense. Um, dare I say they're fine? Yeah. After the dominant performance in just 23 pass attempts, Russell Wilson threw four touchdowns. Now he goes up against the Titans, who gave up the most fantasy points uh, of any defense last week to quarterbacks. They just got crushed by Kyler Murray. Uh, Wilson is a must start. And, and, you know, continue on must starts. I think Chris Carson is too. And just 16 carries, he had 91 yards. That's 5.7 yards per carry. He also had three Targets, three catches, 26 yards in the air. He was very effective, must start. In fact, I know he's getting a little bit up there in age. You know, I was thinking about that for keeper leagues, but he doesn't look old at all at this point. That is not a concern, at least for this season. He looks great. You talk about uh, Russell Wilson. Guy looked phenomenal, lights out. 
Uh, and by the way, I wouldn't worry about Russell Wilson is an amazing quarterback. But last year, he started lights out also. Remember, like, he was a leading guy for MVP. People yeah. were talking about it. And then they kind of fell off a little bit there. I don't know if that's going to happen again. But clearly, that doesn't matter. Russell Wilson, you're going to start him. And he looked phenomenal. So. Well, I don't think that's so much of a – every player does that to an extent. He did it to a greater extent than most. You know what that is? That's a lesson in buy low, sell high. That's what it is. You need, in fact, I would say, like, do you feel like it's a mistake if you go your whole fantasy season without making a trade? I feel like you should. Yeah. Because that's how you capitalize. But let's move on. we got to focus on this game. Both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they're just clear must starts. They were great last week. They, they combined for three touchdowns. They looked awesome. Even more than that, the Titans gave up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. The Cardinals scored four touchdowns, their wideouts did, and, and scored 26, 24, and 10 fantasy points. It's going to be a great game for them. going to be fun to watch if you're a Seahawks fan. Moving on to the tight ends, Gerald Everett did score a touchdown, but he did split time on the field and, I guess, targets with Will Disley. They both had two and three catches, respectively. I wouldn't be starting either of those guys unless you're in a deep league and don't have great options. Um, if you do, though, the guy I'd probably play is Everett, but maybe that's just for upside. Who knows? Breaking it down, Jason Myers, zero field goal attempts last week, but he made all four of his extra points. He's a good kicker and a good offense. I think you should start him. I would say that the zero field goal attempts was just a fluke. I think it just happens occasionally, and you can't really predict it. It's just kind of the game script, so to speak. Finally, yeah, Seahawks defense. I think it's worth a start this week. Last week, the Titans gave up six sacks, three turnovers, and only 13 points on the board. You know, this could be a good week for them. Flipping sides there to the Titans, what do you look at here? Ryan Tannehill, um, you can start him, but... Uh, I don't know. I tend to lean away from it. You know, it's one of those things where I think he's going to recover. I think that offense is going to be fine. Um, but, so, you know, you kind of do want to wait wait a week to see. That being said, he did run one in and throw one in, so he was just fine, and he's still got some good wide receivers, so he's not necessarily a super bad start. I just don't love him. As far as the running back Derrick Henry goes, he looked bad last week. He really did. He looked bad. But there's a few pieces of good news. One, he did the unthinkable and had three catches for 19 yards. I am shocked. Um, it was like living in the twilight zone. <laughs> um, but furthermore, he's going to bounce back. He's going to be fine. They're going to make some adjustments. And the Seahawks last week got shredded on 41 touches. They gave up 198 yards to the Colts running backs. So they were very vulnerable to running backs last week. And they probably will be will this week as well. So you got to play Derrick Henry, but you probably already knew that. A.J. Brown is a must-start. You know, it was a bit of an off week for that offense. He still put up 17 fantasy points and found the end zone. What else can you say? The guy I'd consider benching, though, is Julio Jones. Just three catches for 29 yards. That's, you know, that's definitely concerning. If you don't have depth at wide receiver, though, I would play him. Um, again, I'd consider sitting him, but for a lot of you, he probably still should make your flex or your wide receiver three spot. After all, they just give two touchdowns to Zach Pascal. I mean, they are far from an elite defense. In fact, I'd say the Seahawks defense is probably pretty below average. Moving on, Anthony Ferkshire, he, he kind of proved himself over Jeff Swaim as their receiving tight end but still they split time and he is very ineffective in the blocking game so he didn't see as many touches as he should have I would avoid starting him I'd sit the Titans kicker and their defense as well and that's my breakdown for that game unless you have anything you want to add to that nope all right let's move on so I got the Chiefs versus the Ravens that should be a fun game to watch by the way if you're gonna sit down and make a game 
a priority. That would be a one I'd love to watch there. Now you look at the the Ravens. Um, I was rooting on Vegas to win. I was excited to see that first time with uh, fans in that stadium, and so I was excited to see them win. But you know the Ravens don't want to fall to own two. Yeah. And then of course you know that the Chiefs are very good. Let's look at the quarterbacks: Jackson, Mahomes. Start both of those guys. It'd be fun to watch this game. That could easily be a shootout. Now, when I talk about Jackson, he's the one guy. Um, Pat Mahomes is phenomenal. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, Jackson will struggle at times in the passing game. We've said that throughout the years. But it doesn't matter because his legs always keep a strong start. So you got to play him. As far as running backs go, let's see. Edwards Hilaire. Um, he's facing a strong Ravens team. That's not wanting to fall to 0-2. And that defense is solid. Last year, that defense, um, they were second in points allowed and eighth in run defense. Now, we actually previewed him in the preseason, talking about Edwards Hilaire a little bit. We said he kind of underwhelmed last year, and down the stretch, he didn't stand out. This game could be another disappointment. I do believe that. Um, he's, he's a guy that could go out and have maybe 80 total yards, maybe three to four uh, catches. But here's the thing. Who else has a better back on their bench besides him at this point? So yeah. like we've been saying in the last week or so, you probably got to play this guy. Although if you happen to be the team out there that's got a solid play, this might be the week that you want to bump him down to a running back three. But for most of you... Um, you're going to have to play him as a low-end running back, too. You know, this, this piece of advice probably won't come in handy for anyone for another year or so when our drafts come up. But when you think about that, do you, do you start to think, like, maybe I want to be a little more risky because I settled for Edwards, but now I'm not happy with him every week? Like, does that make you want to be a little more risky in your draft? Yeah, I think it's good to take some chances out there. you got to risk it to get the biscuit, right? That's yeah. What they say. So uh, he's a guy that's a stronger player in PPR leagues, but I've started as a low-end running back, too. Let's look at Tavius Murray. Um, cut from the Saints, and maybe there's a reason why, because he didn't look good. He wasn't explosive. He had 2.8 yards per carry. So why did he have more carries than the younger Williams, who clearly looked better? Well, here's why. Veteran running backs often be in the game for pass protection, and the veteran coach, Harbaugh, trusts him. So I think that's why. But I wouldn't play him at this point. I would sit him. He didn't look good. Now that might change. He might get better. But um, right now he's not looking. He's looking like... There's a reason why he got cut. Uh, this guy Williams are running back there, Tyson Williams. Well, one, um, and this goes back why Murray got the start, not start, but the why he got a majority of the carries in the second half. Um, in overtime there, Williams actually missed picking up a block that led to a fumble that cost the team. And that's not going to go unnoticed by the coach. It's just not. He's going to notice that in game film. So let's look at Tyson Williams. Um, I love what he showed. I thought he looked good. He looked explosive. Um, but as the game went on, his role got smaller. Now, he was clearly the better back. But because he's a rookie, until he has a strong handle of pass protection, his ceiling is limited. So he'll go around maybe 10 to 15 touches, meaning start as a running back, too, in large leagues. Um, but he'd be better to play as a flex for now until, once again, he gets more touches, gets more comfortable in pass protection, things like that. Let's look at wide receivers. Look at Hollywood Brown. Um, this guy is good. And how good he is, I don't think anybody knows because I think he's shackled with a below-average quarterback who's, who's a great athlete. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, man, Lamar Jackson is an amazing athlete. Not a good quarterback. Well, I saw somebody in the offseason put a highlight reel together of every time Lamar ran when Marquez Brown was open. It was hilarious. But Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's a good wide receiver. Um, and he doesn't get a lot of targets, so it brings his value down. But in this game, it will be a shootout most likely. He'll easily get 10 targets in this game, so he's a strong start as a wide receiver three. Then there's Sammy Watkins. Going back to play his team from before, Former first-round pick. Looked good last week, but he's had a history of disappointing. He's a wide receiver that you think, okay, I can trust. You put him in there, and now he just disappears. Um, I wouldn't trust him from week to week. He's not a guy that I would think, okay, I can roll with him the rest of the year. But I do think this week I would play him. I think in absence of backs for uh, the Ravens, and the fact that it should be a, a high-scoring game against Kansas City makes him a startable wide receiver three play. Now you got Tyreek Hill. Um, start. Start this guy as a top-five wide receiver. He's phenomenal. Don't even think about that. How about second wide receivers for the, the Chiefs? Like, 
who could that be? Trying to predict the number two guy, that's like trying to predict the weather. Stay away from all of them. It's not even worth risking it, so I wouldn't even touch it. Uh, Travis Kelsey, you're going to sit him in this game? I'm just kidding. Like, how are you going to sit that guy? Statistically, he's going to be one of the greatest tight ends of all time. So, obviously, he played Travis, Travis Kelsey. He was phenomenal last week. He was, yeah. He was something else. So, uh, men among boys, honestly, it's so hard. He's such a mismatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, for cornerbacks, he's too big. For linebackers, he's too fast. It's a mess. And then if you do double him up, then there goes Tice, you know, Tyreek Hill because your safety is gone. Yeah, so it's a mess there. Um, I want to talk about Mark Andrews. He's another player that's limited by Malar Jackson there. I like Mark Andrews. I think he's a guy that could have a very good year. Um, but he is limited. But he's still top five tight end. And he finds a red zone. So you're going to have to play him in a game where the over-under should be pretty high. As far as kickers go, I would start both kickers in this game. Tucker and Bucker are great plays. And I would sit both defenses in this one. Any thoughts there? No, that's a great breakdown. I'm excited to watch that. You know, when we talk about that Ravens team. Like, I want to see what they can do in a shootout sort of matchup. But maybe their defense will step up. Maybe it won't be. But I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think it will be. All right. Finally in this, we got to talk about the Packers versus the Lions. This is going to be weird game, right? Divisional game. But does it really feel that competitive after what happened last week for both of these teams? So let, let's break it down, starting off with the Packers. Can anyone believe they actually benched Aaron Rodgers, that he played bad enough for that to happen? It just blows my mind from MVP last year to just terrible in this game. In fact, I think you should sit him. Here's how bad he was statistically. He had a passer rating of 36.8 on his 28 passing attempts. If he had spiked the ball and had an incompletion 28 times for zero yards, he would have had a passer rating of 39.6, which was actually better than he had. So... Yeah, something to consider. He was pretty bad last week. Uh, moving on to the running back, Aaron Jones. He scored just four fantasy points, but he got game scripted out of it. He had 4.75 yards per carry on his few touches. I think he is going to bounce back and recover in this week in a game where hopefully they figure out some of their offensive issues. That being said, am I wrong to say, Rob, would you agree with me that, like, I don't know if I would put him in my lineup. I would probably try to find another option for for Aaron Jones. Yeah, and that's tough right now because, I mean, they were brutal last week. And even going back to Aaron Rodgers against mm-hmm. the Lions. And the Lions' defense is not good. Um, it is one week. I would it roll is. with those guys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you got to be concerned. Mm-hmm. But, like, it goes back to what we've been saying for these videos, which is, yeah, you know, yeah, there's concerns there. They struggled. He struggled. What's going on? But how many teams out there at this point have a better, more reliable option? I guess that's what it comes down to. I don't know. Um, well, and that's maybe it. Maybe this is me. I don't know who your running backs are. My RB3 in one of my leagues is like Damien Harris, so that makes me feel like that's fair. But, like, you might not have Damien Harris as your yeah. RB3. And, and I do wonder, I'm curious, like, what are your guys' bench running backs look like? Because I can, as we do these start-sit videos, I can put my opinions out there, but I don't know what your roster looks like. I'd love to get, like, a roster check from all of you so we just get a feel for, like, what's out there. You know what I love is going to happen? You know, people are going to get nervous about Aaron Rodgers. And but he, it, obviously, he looked brutal. He did. Um, and so people are going to be gun-shy, and they'll sit him. And, of course, this is the week that he'll go out and have, like, 400 yards and five touchdowns, and then uh, somebody will lose because he was on your bench. But what do you do? Uh, what do you do, you know? Yeah. Uh, moving on, Devontae Adams is a must-start. As bad as things were, he had five catches for 56 yards, and certainly that's not great, but it's not horrible. Definitely have to start him, although maybe lower your expectations from what he did last year a bit. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was interesting, too. He had eight targets. He, he kind of, you see that volume, and he, you know, he's tempting to play, 
but he caught just three of them for 17 yards. So for me, I'm, I'm going to put him on my bench. I don't think I'm putting him in my lineup this week. Yeah, the Packers have been trying so hard to get number two guy there, and he is not the answer. Yeah. Um, they, they got that rookie that I think at some point is going to develop into that. I mean, who else can be? A Lazard looks okay. Uh, they really need a number two guy there badly. It's one of the things that's actually upset Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is the fact they haven't addressed that with a high draft pick. Yeah. That's a long conversation, probably a one for another day. Let's move on. Robert Tanyan, I think you need to sit him. I get the tight end position is shallow. He saw just two catches for eight yards. And let's be honest, this year kind of being a disappointment in comparison to last year was something a lot of people expected. There's a reason he fell down in ADP and he was still not being taken very high. He was touchdown dependent last year. He'll recover from that, but He'd have to go a long way for me to feel comfortable putting him in my lineup. I need one week with him, right? Is that fair to say? Moving on, I would sit Crosby and the Packers defense this week. I just, again, and that's my philosophy, maybe I'm one week behind. Maybe they'll bounce back, but, like, I want one week. I do. Just give me one week, and then I can feel better about seeing what you do. Flipping it over to the other side, Jared Goff. I think you got to start Jared Goff. They got a bad defense, they're prone to garbage time stats, and they're playing the Packers, who just gave up five touchdowns to Jameis Winston. And oh yeah, Jameis scored five touchdowns in 20 passing attempts. What do you think Jared Goff can do Like when last week he had 57 passing attempts? Like He's a volume option. You may not love him. He's not a great quarterback, not going to win you a Super Bowl, but the fantasy stats look like they're there. I'd consider playing him in that 10 to 12 range this week. Um, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Now, this is what's tricky. Uh, DeAndre Swift is a must-start. 22 touches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. That is no surprise. Definitely start him. Many are going to consider starting Jamal Williams, who had 18 touches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. What do you feel about Jamal Williams there? You know, I actually like him as a flex start. They don't have a lot of wide receivers there, and he's very Mm -hmm. talented. Mm -hmm. Beyond, it's got to be flex, and it's got to be in a PPR league. Other than that, I wouldn't bother, but in this position... Could be fruitful absolutely i'm glad you said it it needs to be ppr you are relying on his ability in the passing game that being said this might be sort of like the the chubb kareem hunt situation this year where they don't have a lot of weapons that they're receiving so they're just going to start using their backs however and giving them the volume continuing on let's talk about the lions wide receivers you know who led them for targets last week uh quintez cephas who had seven targets in total 12 yards. So um, I'm just going to say sit all of them, and we're going to end it there and keep that conversation short. Uh, On the other hand, TJ Hawkinson is making an argument to be up there with the likes of George Kittle and Darren Waller. He is phenomenal. Ten targets, eight catches, 97 yards, one touchdown, and a two-point conversion. Um, He's a must-start. Though I did catch something interesting, not with him, but with a stat that I saw. So I saw, apparently the Packers gave up the fourth fewest fantasy points to tight ends last week, which is weird because Jawan Johnson is a half tight end, half receiver, and he had two touchdowns. So clearly in the stat books, they must qualify him as a wideout, even though you can play him in your tight end slot. That's not important. I just noticed that. And it was one of those things where the stats are kind of deceiving. Yeah, and the thing we have to understand about Hawkins is we're not just saying that because he won't have had a good week and the numbers there and the volume play. He was drafted in the first round, and he came in as a highly touted guy that was known to be a difference maker. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing him come to fruition. You're right. This is not a fluke. This guy's a real deal. Yeah, and last year, he was the number three tight end in total yards. 
So, boom, there it is. That's all you need to know. Moving on from that, Austin Siebert, I would sit him, though he did have a nice 40-plus yard kick last week. Just not the offense for him to be kicking field goals. And the Lions defense, I'm going to sit them. They scored just one fantasy point last week. This certainly looks like a good matchup, but I'm sure they're going to turn it around. They're probably not going to be nearly as bad as they were last week this week. But uh, that's my breakdown for our final game in this video. All right, guys, that's it. That's the end of our part two starts it video. If you didn't see the first one, go check that out. And hopefully in a day or two, we'll be doing our daily fantasy for this week. That's always fun for us because it's a cool reset and you can put players in your lineup that you might not have in any of your leagues. But uh, as always, guys, leave a comment down below. I'll be do my best to address it as quick and thoroughly as I can. And you know what? You guys have a great day and God bless.